was there's zero representation of trucking on workforce boards in Oregon? Correct. I mean, it was kind of a, it's, so you have your, you have your, your main sectors, like you're always going to find healthcare. That's, that's a given. You're going to find a healthcare represent, you know, uh, that's going to be one of the supported and main sectors on almost all workforce boards. So then you're probably going to, a lot of them tend to, you know, go with IT. Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of construction and manufacturing, but very few of them um, have actually put transportation as a supported main sector. Now that, that agenda is starting to change. I mean, it's just because people like me getting involved. We are super excited to have Andy Owens on the show today. And I, Andy and I got connected because Andy's doing a lot of really great work in the state of Oregon with workforce boards. And they have secured a lot of funding for trucking um, and are really making a difference in the transportation sector for the state of Oregon. Um, Andy, thanks for being on the show. And give us a background of who you are, how you got started in trucking, um, and, and what your company does. Well, hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me on today. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. And actually, we get to share this story now with the with the world. So that's kind of a cool opportunity because when you start talking workforce, that is, I've drank the Kool-Aid uh, for the workforce system, and I love to share it, tell the story, and try to get more people engaged. So um, it, it, the elevator chat is um, back in 1972, my dad bought our first truck, and I was a sophomore in high school then. So do the math. I'm kind of an old guy. That's why all the gray hair. Um, but that's where we got started. And, you know, I've been going to college for some time and, um, I decided in, you know, 1979 that I'd come back and work with my dad and, and build a company. And that's what we've done. And so we're a family owned company. We're uh, A&M transport uh, based out of Glendale, Oregon. Uh, we're 120 trucks, um, just a general over the road, common, you know, commodity, general commodity carrier. And, um, just kind of work up and down the I-5 corridor throughout Oregon, Washington, California. But, you know, we experience the same issues that everyone does um, nationwide when it, as it relates to, you know, driver shortages and what have you. In 2015, I got involved um, in the workforce system um, and had a, a county commissioner that I knew real well, just walked into my office one day and said, hey, I need you on this, on this, uh, on this board. It's workforce, and I'm like, I like this gal, this county commissioner, and I trusted her. I said, oh, okay, Susan, I'm in. I'll tell you honestly, it took me a year and a half to figure out what what was the workforce system because um, it's it, it, you just don't hear about it. But once I got my, my teeth sunk into this thing and discovered what it could do, I'm like, this is the real deal. We need more people involved in it. And so that's kind of been my my goal um, throughout, you know, since 2015 till now, and particularly through the Oregon Trucking Association. I just completed a recently completed a three year term of, of chair in that organization. But one of my main one of my main goals um, was to get a transportation representative on all nine of the workforce areas in Oregon. Hmm. 
show that trucking was getting their fair share of government funds for CDL training. And to date, we have eight. We don't have the we don't have the very far side, the east side of Oregon covered yet, and we don't have a, a, a volunteer to fill that role. But we have eight of the nine workforce areas in Oregon uh, with a transportation representative sitting on the board uh, or heavily engaged with it, and it's really starting to pay its dividends now. So that's awesome. So, to somebody who wants to. They, they really don't know what a workforce board is. They're like, I kind of heard of it, but I don't really know what it is. Tell us, what is a workforce board? So the, so the workforce system, um, it was originally called uh, Workforce um, Development and Investment Boards, um, created in Bill Clinton's uh, very first term of, uh, of being president. And it was an act that Congress put into play. Um, and Basically, what the bill said was that every square foot of territory controlled by the United States of America would have a workforce system, a workforce board overseeing it. And what that those workforce boards would do would be to, in an area, um, in their workforce, particular workforce area. So let's back up and talk about how they split the states up. So like I mentioned earlier, um, Oregon has nine workforce areas. Mm -hmm. And they're, sometimes they will be a single county, but most of the time they're multiple counties and they're contiguous. In other words, they all connect and they have, they have like-minded people like, you know, and industries that kind of relate. So the, the, the workforce board for that particular workforce area, whether it's a single county or multiple counties, um, they will determine the um, important industry sectors in their area. And then they determine how they want to direct WIOA funds um, into that workforce area, clear down to your um, employment offices, work source offices, different states, name them different things. But when someone's looking for a job, they go in and there's money to train them and help you know, get them into, a, in, in, into an industry. It's normally WIOA funds that do it. And WIOA, W-I-O-A, Workforce mm -hmm. Innovative Opportunity Act. Uh, that's the the acronym. That's the explanation on it. But anyway, back to where I was going with this is like every every square foot of territory in the U.S. has a workforce board over the top of it. You know, um, determining what sectors they want to support, what industries they want to support, and then directing funding to training to try to help support those particular industries. And that's why I mentioned to you, Lindsay, several times that I think that it's important that. You know, people um, get involved in the local workforce systems because that's really where that's 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 the foundation of the whole workforce system in the United States and the funding, how it comes through and gets, you know, people trained to, to come back into the industry. Um, the process for getting uh, on, a, you know, getting appointed to a workforce board, uh, the makeup of the workforce board is kind of interesting by by law, a workforce board has to be made up of a minimum of 51% private industry representation. Hmm. So it can't just be packed full uh, of, of, of a bunch of government agencies because you'll find presidents of like prominent colleges, maybe large high schools, mm -hmm. people from 
workforce system. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'll be there can be a, a, a makeup, a hodgepodge makeup of you know public officials. A county commissioner normally will sit on your board, uh, but they'll be involved. But then you're supposed to go out and find at least 51% of your, your membership board membership needs to be private industry representation. And that just makes sure the industry is getting a fair shake mm-hmm. uh, and a fair say on how these, you know, on what gets developed within your workforce system. But the way you get appointed, um, it normally takes a nomination from a, from a prominent uh, business organization, say like your chamber of commerce. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what will happen is if the, um, the executive director of your workforce area determines that, you know, they need more board members, um, he or she will go to a prominent, will probably most likely notify the county commissioners, but then they'll, you know, contact like the chamber or something like that. And they'll do an assessment of what they need, what sectors they may need representation in, and they'll go out and they'll try to find someone to fill that spot. So then the chamber would nominate this individual up to the county commissioners and they would vote and then get this person officially seated on that workforce board. So it's a little bit of, takes a little bit of work sometimes. Uh, We've had, like I mentioned, we've got eight uh, transportation representatives on the boards here in Oregon. And there were a couple of the, the seats that matter making a phone call to the executive director. And I mean, they just, fast-tracked it and boom and within a week or so this individual was an official member of that board mm-hmm. uh, we've had some that have taken <laughs> oh three or four months and a lot of politicking and um and i tell you quite frankly I've, I've gotten a little bit i had to get a little bit honorary with one guy um one executive director because he was not wanting anything to do with a transportation person coming in and huh. i went online and i pulled his pulled his website up and I started looking at all the um, counting, all the members, uh, board members, and he was not in compliance. He did not have 51% industry representation. So I'm like, yeah, what the heck? Called him up and I said, I actually emailed him and I copied a bunch of people in so everyone was aware. And I said, hey, I just uh, you know, requested you put this transportation person on your board or to get the process started. Oh, and by the way, I'm seeing that your board's not in compliance. Uh, mm. And it, it, it happened fairly quickly after that. So before you before you kind of started getting engaged in the workforce boards and getting other transportation people engaged, was there's zero representation of trucking on workforce boards in Oregon? Correct. I mean, it was kind of a, it's, so you have your, you have your, your main sectors, like you're always going to find healthcare. That's, that's a given. You're going to find a healthcare represent, you know, uh, that's going to be one of the supported and main sectors on almost all workforce boards. So then you're probably going to, a lot of them tend to, you know, go with IT Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of construction and manufacturing, but very few of them um, have actually put transportation as a supported main sector. Now that that agenda is starting to change. I mean, it's just because people like me getting involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will tell you, I have attended a, a handful of meetings in here in Oregon with just the executive directors. Now, the executive director of my workforce, he is totally behind transportation and he understands the important. 
However, some of his comrades, you know, the other executive directors, they didn't maybe quite see the importance. So um, Kyle helped me get to some of these meetings, you know, invited me to these meetings to uh, address all the other executive directors. So over time, I've been able to, you know, tell the transportation story to where they're all going, yeah, okay, we get it. Yep, transportation, yeah, we probably better support that because it is important in our area. I mean, you look at Oregon, there's just a lot of, you know, manufacturing is, you know, in, in the wood business. And so, heck yeah, transportation is important. Yeah. <laughs> right. How, how are they going to get their goods if it's not transported? Exactly. So has it been worth your time? Absolutely. It's been worth my time. Um, but just recently, we really, really hit the lottery. Um, oh, goodness. It was in the fall of 2021. The EDA, the Economic Development Administration, uh, came out with a grant opportunity uh, for every workforce board um, across the country. Mm. And so i collaborating with some of the other workforce uh, boards here in Oregon. You know, I saw what a lot of them were doing. And I mean, they were putting in grants for $25, $30 million, and they were trying to get extra money for every one of their supported sectors in their workforce. Well, I went to my executive director and I said, you know, I, th I think making it simple and being, you know, focus on one sector would be better. I said, I would like to, um, I'd like to submit a grant or a, a grant opportunity to, to the EDA um, for strictly CDL training. But, you know, the driver shortage is not just here in our workforce area. It's across all of Oregon and across mm -hmm. all of the U.S. for that matter. So I told, told my executive director, I said, let's, um, let's just pick a number. Let's say, let's, let's pick a number and say, we want to train 325 drivers over the next two years under this grant. And let's make it across uh, three of the workforce areas that are, so we're going to cover like seven counties here mm -hmm. in southwestern Oregon. Um, so we're doing something a little bit different. I mean, let's make our grant stand out. We're collaborating with the workforce areas, you know, uh, you know, on both sides of us. And, we'll, and so we did. And our grant ask was $3.4 million. Wow. And we got awarded. We were the only... Uh, well, there were 32 awards um, let out on this grant across the United States, and we were one of them. And we were the only one in Oregon. There were two in Washington, ours in Oregon, and two in California. That was the five on the West Coast. So we got $3.4 million to ramp up the CDL training here in um, um, in Southwestern Oregon. And it's really- so it's federal funding that's going directly to CDL training in your state. Mm -hmm. And this is up and beyond the funds that I mentioned earlier. So we still have WIOA funds available to us, and we still have, and plus, plus we have in addition this EDA grant award of three point four million dollars. And here's something else that was that's um, kind of interesting about this EDA grant. So the WIOA funds. Uh, when you qualify to get WIOA funds for training, um, they're, they're very precise on what you can use the money for. So it's got to be strictly for education. Um, there's no support money. So 
if you're trying to get people to, up, you know, in, improve their livelihood, maybe, you know, they've been working at a minimum wage job and you want to get them into industry. They've got great soft skills. They show up for work. They know how to dress, you know, something that some people take for granted these days. Mm-hmm. But they've got soft skills and they want to, they want to, you know, get up and start making a, a better living. And so truck driving is, a, is it. However, they still got to work while they go to school and it's kind of impossible. They need some support money to help them with gas, help them pay some rent. Well, our, and that's not available in WIOA funding. You can't do that with WIOA funding. It's just strictly for your tuition and your school supplies. However, this grant, when we wrote the grant, we included funding and we included you know, support money of up to $1,000 per student um, <clears throat> to help them pay those those expenses that they need support um, to get them through the four to five weeks of the CDL school. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So um, how has the Oregon Trucking Association been supportive of what you're doing? Um, and are there a lot of state associations that you know of that are involved in their local workforce boards? I don't know of many at all um, that are involved in local workforce boards. Um, I will tell you that Oregon Trucking has created a workforce policy committee. Okay, that's so, really so, smart. So OTA has, we are a bona fide uh, you know, committee within the OTA. And all eight of the uh individuals I mentioned prior about sitting on the, the eight workforce boards across Oregon, all eight of us are OTA members and we all sit on that uh, OTA workforce policy committee. So it's, you know, OTA is in the background. They're not really leading the charge. Um, you know, we're kind of leading the charge, but we are organized through the OTA. So it's kind of kind of nice. Yeah, that's a great way. I mean, that could be a great way for any state to start getting involved in their workforce boards is through their state association, creating one of those committees and then getting involved in all the workforce boards and really making those concerted efforts. Um, And we can see it pays off, right? It it can pay off with lots of zeros. Yeah, I just want to point out it doesn't happen overnight. And that's the one thing I can't emphasize enough. It's like Mm -hmm. I like I mentioned, you know, I got on this board, it was July of 2015 is when I got appointed to it. And it was agonizing in the early stages, just trying to figure out how it all worked. Um, What's nice, I mean, I've kind of, you know, taken one for the team. And so the other seven of us, I've been able to help fast track them and get them up to speed on what to do, you know, share, share my story with them. And, you know, the trials and tribulations that I've faced. So it's kind of really helped break down that that learning curve it's kind of flattened it out pretty nicely for all of them so if you were talking to another company owner across the country and they wanted to get involved in their local workforce board what would you say are some of the steps that they need to take well the first thing i would do is i'd say so google up what state you live in Uh, kentucky okay so google up kentucky and i've actually done that uh, and just google up kentucky workforce areas and see where you sit, see which workforce board you're in or which workforce area that you reside in. And then figure out what the website is, go do some homework on it, find out who the executive director is, find out what sectors they support. They may already be doing it, who knows? Maybe you don't need to really you know, roll up your sleeves and get engaged with it. But 
um, do some research, find out who they are, find out where they're at, um, pick up the phone and call, you know, the executive director of that board and tell them you're interested in participating, uh, you know, reach out to your county commissioners or I mean, that's what they call them in Oregon. I'm not sure what they call them in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, but do some research and start digging into it. It doesn't take a lot of time and all the resources are right there at your fingertips. Just get online and get going. And is there any other suggestions that you have as an industry leader, really, in your state with both the association and as a part of these workforce boards and really working on a mission that you firmly believe in? Um, is there any other suggestions that you want to make to other leaders around the country? Mm. You know, I think I, boy, suggestions, Lindsay, I, um, I would just say get involved with it. And it may not have to be, you know, the CEO of the company that does it. I mean, if you've got a, a good HR director or, you know, someone, it really kind of takes somebody with a passion. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, not everybody wants to, I mean, labor has come out kind of it's you know that's kind of the the talk everyone is short of labor whether it's truck drivers or uh you know technicians in your shop whatever um but someone just needs someone within your organization that's got got a little bit of time and it doesn't take a ton of time i mean you can put you can get out of it whatever you put into it i obviously have spent a fair amount of hours doing it um but it just because i it, it's it's been interesting to me it's been like a project um but get involved, do some research and start making a few calls. Um, and where do you see like you and your and your involvement with the workforce boards in the future? You continue. Are you going to continue this involvement? I, I don't see myself stepping down any, you know, away from it anytime soon. Now, you know, we're a third generation company. I'm the CEO here at AM Transport and I'm not going to be here forever. Uh, but as you know, my son, my nephew start just taking more and more of the reins. I eventually will you know, pass the baton off to them, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, you know, the one thing that we didn't mention though, Lindsay, is involvement with the ATA, the American Trucking Association, because I actually am the vice chair of the Workforce Policy Committee at ATA. And ATA, um, they have got some great resources and, and ATA is very knowledgeable um, you know, across the board on, you know, workforce issues. Um, a gentleman by the name of Nick Gill is the VP, and, and he's an ATA a VP that um, runs the, the ATA Workforce Policy Committee, and he is very knowledgeable on the workforce system and a, and a great resource. Chris Spear, you know, the president CEO of ATA, he, he is really into the workforce system, understands it, and very supportive as well. Yeah, I think I heard Chris talk about um, us getting involved He at, at a conference, you know, saying that we needed to get involved in our workforce boards um, and, and they're working on that. And I know Nick, I think he used to work within the workforce boards. He was in the Department of Labor. So, so they have a lot of knowledge and how to get involved and, and are really as an organization as well, pushing transportation trucking sectors to get involved in their state workforce boards and really trying to make a difference in that way. So we thank you so much, Andy, for, for being on the show today. And I'm really excited to see how this will hopefully make an impact 
Um, if somebody had a question for you, um, maybe they could contact you about how, you know, you've gotten in your local workforce board. Um, would they, would you be open for them to doing that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we can post uh, my email address, my phone number, my cell number. I'll talk work, workforce any, any time of the day or night. I don't care. I just love talking about workforce. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate what you've done. The amazing uh, pathways that you are carving. Um, and hopefully other states are going to follow in your path and other companies um, to get involved in their workforce boards and really making a difference in people's lives by introducing them to these great careers. Absolutely. Absolutely.